It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the May 4th episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you for making me a part of your day. The Thunder offseason continues, and today we get to break things down even further by talking about Andre Robertson. Has there ever been a player in Thunder history? that has been more appreciated simply because he got injured than Andre Robertson. This guy got dogged by everybody. There were so many people that wanted to see him out of Oklahoma City last year at the trade deadline. It's not even funny. But now that Andre stuck around, and now that he got hurt and the Thunder out of the playoffs, a lot of people are starting to see his value. So in segment number one, we will allow Sam Presti, to talk about Andre Robertson's value to the team, and he'll give us a couple of uh, explanations on that. Russell Westbrook will talk about how much he values a guy like Andre Robertson. And, of course, we will hear from Dre himself on just how tough it was to be on the sidelines and watch his team go through the postseason and watch his team struggle throughout the rest of the season and him not being able to to go out there and help. So all that's coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, we'll hear from Sam Presti on not only how Russell Westbrook can improve, but how the Oklahoma City Thunder overall can improve on defense. We'll hear from Andre Robertson again about the potential of this team if everyone is back. And Sam Presti will talk about the guys who are coming back this year and sort of what he envisions. If everything plays out to the way that Sam Presti wants it, how he sees the Oklahoma City Thunder developing. And then in segment number three, it's sort of a weekend review. And we'll hear from Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. Sort of the three biggest quotes from the exit interviews. From, from, from those three guys, Oklahoma City's big three. That's how we'll finish things up. And hopefully, I've done a good enough job this week and next week. I'm going to try and keep this podcast going Five days a week. Even though we were told we could cut back to three, 
If there's any Thunder news, you will hear it here on Locked on Thunder. But hopefully I'm making these things evergreen enough so if you miss it on the day that it's recorded and posted, you can always go back to LockedOnThunder.com and listen via the archive. Speaking of LockedOnThunder.com, we've got everything archived there, both podcasts and all the exit interviews that we got that we have audio from, and we also have video from pre- and post-games. Make sure you check that out, and any Thunder news will be posted there this summer. And if there's anything emergency that happens, I will do a podcast surrounding that. If you don't know who I am, maybe this is the first time you're listening. My name is Eric G. I did radio in Oklahoma City for a while. I've covered the Thunder now for five years. I've been very, very privileged to do so. I'm a credentialed member of the media, so you know what you're getting out of me is the straight scoop as far as what I know. It's not just something that's pulled out of the air. I do give my opinions, and sometimes that goes against other guys who cover the Thunder, but that's all right. That's what this is all about, and I'm also a Thunder fan and would enjoy having you reach out to me and tell me what you think of the podcast and what the Thunder's off-season move should be at G-E-E-H-S-O. So with that, we will get started with the Locked on Thunder podcast. Segment number one here, and Andre Robertson, when he went out for the Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm not sure how many of us, myself included, really could grasp just how big a loss that was going to be for Oklahoma City. I think most of us thought, okay, Andre's hurt, the defense is going to suffer, but are things really going to be that bad? And it took forever for the Thunder to adjust. In fact, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, the Thunder never really adjusted to Dre being gone. And for as great a job as Corey Brewer did, and as awesome as Corey Brewer was, giving Oklahoma City maybe a little bit more on the offensive end than Andre Robertson did, or at least visually looking like he was giving more on the offensive end than Andre Robertson was. Things just weren't the same. And part of that is because of Andre's play, and the other part of that is just because of the cohesiveness he brings and guys being used to playing with him, and also him being a very well-liked guy inside that organization. If Andre Robertson isn't liked... You certainly aren't going to hear it from Sam Presti or Russell Westbrook or Paul George. All these guys seem to like Dre. He seems to be a guy that everyone gets along with and everyone wants to play next to. Still, with Dre being gone and the defense suffering, Sam Presti is not making any excuses for the Thunder's lack of performance. You know, once we took the injury to Robertson, it, it was really disrupting to us. It disrupted the progress we made. With all that being said, um, the real key to the season in, in, in the regular season, in my opinion, was just the amount of time it took us to respond and adjust to the loss of him. And therein lies the fact that you know we have to own that. Um, we didn't do a good enough job with that. I didn't think that you know from that point on we found ourselves. And um, I felt like you know once that happened and the amount of time it took for us to adapt. Um, you know, we kind of shifted from uh, kind of the, the, the regular approach of like pursuing progress, trying to build habits and getting better to really becoming a little more outcome oriented, just trying to find a way to win the next game. And I personally feel like that really caught up with us down the, uh, down the stretch and ultimately in the playoffs. And we have to own that. Um, um, you know, I'm happy to say that, you know, we're sitting here uh, in year 10 in Oklahoma City with 48 wins, a team that was in 
one of three or four teams to be in the top ten in offense and defense, um, the seventh best net rating in the league, uh, the ninth best record, and we're disappointed. And we should be. We expected more out of the team. Uh, I think uh, universally, and I, I'm speaking more internally, um, you know, there's, um, you know, I've sat up here for 10 years. Uh, this is my my 10th time I've sat it in front of you. And I felt really good about, um, you know, the performance of the team and the opportunity to capture the opportunity during the regular season and to hopefully put us in position to make deep playoff runs. And uh, I don't feel like we were at that level this year, and that's on us, and we've got to figure out ways going forward because, as I said earlier, um, there's a lot of positives uh, to what we were able to do, but the inconsistency of the performance is something that you know clearly our team has to figure out. And I'm really optimistic that we'll be able to do that because um, when I think about the season, you know, I never felt that when we were performing against the upper echelon teams in the league, um, I felt like we would always perform at a high level, and I thought we matched up well, especially when we were fully healthy. But you know, injuries are part of the deal. Um, uh, but it's our responsibility to adapt to those. Um, but you know, I thought our problems were inconsistency against some of the sub 500 teams. And that inability to build habits through that period of time really caught up with us. In this day and age of covering sports, it's a lot easier to point out the negative than it is the positive. I mean, in one respect, the negative sells a little bit more. If you've got a very strong opinion and it's negative about somebody, even if the entire world disagrees with you, people listen to that. The other thing is the negative is a lot more obvious than what the positive is, especially for those of us, and I throw myself into this category, who may not be as savvy about the X's and O's as other people are. So when it comes to Andre Robertson, a lot of him, or a lot of the work that he does, goes unnoticed because we're looking at the work that he doesn't do. And that's something that Sam Presley talked about in his exit interview. Without Dre, I think one of the things that we we saw was you know, Dre is a, is a, what I would call like a, a fiber player. You know, he brings in an immense amount of competitiveness. Um, he does the stuff that that most people don't want to do. Um, you know, I historically people have, have have opted to look at the things that maybe he doesn't do really well, like like shoot the ball. Um, but he was shooting fifty five percent, though he did shoot fifty five percent for the year this year because. He was taking shots that were, you know, fastballs down the middle for him and um, played really well off of the other starters um, and really keyed our defense, got a lot of our transition going. We played in, I think, I want to say, I'm going to, I'll be guessing, I think within the 20s of about 20 maybe close games by definition. Offensively, our ratings were really good in under two minutes. Our breakdowns and the reason why we came up short in a lot of our close games this year was our defensive rating was not good enough in close games. We, we really struggled in close games defensively. Um, and, you know, that's a matter of a, a lot of different things. One, we fouled um, like it's nobody's business in those situations. You can probably have flashbacks about how many times in close games the other team's on the line. Um, down the stretch, I mean. Uh, and then, you know, people shot the ball really well against us down the stretch in close games. And, you know, some of that's on us and some of that's credit to them. But um, I think Dre makes a difference in those situations because 
he's the guy that comes up with the deflection. He's the guy that comes up with a defensive rebound. Um, he's the guy that blows up a pick and roll. And when you've got him and Paul on the floor together at six six eight plus, both of them, it's a problem. Uh, it's a problem. And and um, and the numbers bear that out. We're not like imagining that in our head like we saw that and once we got our feet underneath us after the like the gauntlet of change of the first 20 um i mean he had some possessions this year defensively that were like works of art in fact there was one in the detroit game against tobias harris that was like a clinic you know and um he's he's just got better and better we, we miss him there's no question with that said you sometimes you're going to have injuries and sometimes it'll be season ending and we have to fundamentally adjust for that as a unit, and we weren't able to do that. There is nobody on the Thunder that doesn't have Andre Robertson's back, which is great for him. Um, certainly when you've got the general manager having your back and the team's best player, then you're pretty darn good. And as long as Russell Westbrook and Sam Presti want Andre Robertson around, then he is going to continue to be a member of the Thunder, even if that's not exactly what you want to hear there's stuff about that that isn't going to change. And like Sam Presti says, when it comes to Andre Robertson, we focused on his lack of shooting. But Russell Westbrook says here that at no point did he ever doubt Andre Robertson's ability. Well, I mean, I've always, you know, been very, very big on Andre. Uh, He's one of my favorite players just because of uh, the things he he brings to the game. I know a lot of people across the world, a lot of you guys, even doubted Dre many, many times uh, about, you know, his shooting and all that stuff. But to me, man, the type of guy he is, the the things he brings to the game uh, is a huge, huge impact on our team and, and what he brings to the table. And I never take uh, anything he does for granted because of uh, the way he lays it out on the line. Andre is another one of those guys that comes from the Sam Presti cloth, meaning that if if Sam Presti could make an ultimate team player, Andre Robertson is a guy that he would have in mind for that. Sam Presti would, would go into his laboratory and create team guys. Andre Robertson would certainly come out of that laboratory. And because Andre is that type of guy, it was very difficult for him to sit on the sidelines and watch his team falter and not live up to its potential. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely tough to watch. Um, it was just kind of frustrating. Um, kind of mad at myself, just kind of figuring out ways I could have you know, prevented it from happening. But um, I was also telling myself everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. And, um, you know, later on in life, you'll figure out why. And, you know, just got to take the time to, you know, focus on it and get it right, come back strong next year. But, um, you know, the games we were losing is definitely frustrating, uh, especially in the playoffs. Um, I know we were talking smack, but, you know, I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, other guys talking smack to our guys. You know, I'm always going to have it back. Um, it was just frustrating. I couldn't be out there to help them. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll grow from this, get stronger, um, come back stronger next year. And some of that goes back to the thing that we're going to talk about with Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and guys like that, is that every single professional athlete wants to be in control. At no point in their career do they not want to have control, whether it's where, whether it's over where they're playing or how they're playing. They just cannot stand the fact that they cannot make the ultimate difference. And you heard that 
in Andre Robertson's answer. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In segment number two, Sam Presti, since we are talking about Andre Robertson defense, big theme of this podcast. So how can not just Russell Westbrook, but the rest of the team improve defensively? Sam will tell you next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There is not a player in the NBA that carries more weight on his shoulders than Russell Westbrook. And let's just go ahead and say it. Because when Russell Westbrook does something extraordinary, it's always going to come with a big-time amount of criticism, unlike a guy in LeBron James who can take over a game and do it in such a manner, whereas Russell Westbrook-esque, everybody just says, okay, well, that's King James doing his thing. And, And I saw what Antonio Daniels tweeted out about that. And just to respond to what Antonio Daniels said, here's a couple of things. One, you have to remember, early in LeBron James's career, People were criticizing him for not involving his teammates, not trusting the guys around him. And then when LeBron James went to Miami and proved that he could be a team player and proved that he could run a team that had other superstars on it, like Dwayne Wade, people started understanding LeBron and the narrative quit being about LeBron and and became more about Cleveland not putting enough around him. And that's exactly what would happen to Russell Westbrook if for some reason he left Oklahoma City. If if he went out on his own, it would be, oh, well, the Thunder just didn't put enough around him. And believe me, the Thunder are trying to put enough around him. Sam Presti wants nothing more than to re-sign Paul George. All you have to do is go back and listen to that exit interview at LockedOnThunder.com to hear the constant recruiting pitch that Sam Presti was giving towards Paul George. But with Russell Westbrook... It's just a matter of time. Once Russ wins a championship or leaves and goes someplace else and wins a championship, however it works out for Russell Westbrook, there will become there will come a time of acceptance. It just takes time because that's the way the the NBA hierarchy works, for lack of a better term. For a long time, Le- LeBron LeBron James wasn't accepted, or Kobe Bryant wasn't accepted. They weren't team players. They wanted too much on their own. They were too much like Michael. They couldn't ever do anything to win. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. And Russ, caring a lot, still, he's great offensively, but he needs to get better defensively. Here's Sam Presti on not just how Russ can get better, but the rest of the team can get better. Where we were defensively uh, with Dre, which is, I think, one or two in the league, um, you know, uniformly the group as a whole I think we can get more out of defensively and that's that's saying something because we're ninth in the league defensively and so um, but with our team with Westbrook Paul George um, Robertson and Adams and obviously you know that's Carmelo on that team is not going to be the best defender of that group 
But I do think that when Robertson dropped out of that group, it made everybody else's job harder, and I don't think we really adapted to that uh, effectively. And that's everybody. I wouldn't say it's just Russell. Um, but, you know, I don't think that a lot of times we think about defense and we think about it being this, like, you know, uh, we think about the glamour of, it, of, of defense. You know what I mean? We think about Dre pinning a ball on the, on the, on the, on the backboard or Russell you know, running through a pass and taking it, you know, like a pick six to the other end of the floor, you know. But the the best defenses are the ones that force the most inefficient shots. And we as a unit didn't do a, a, a great job of that. Now, we turn people over at an alarming rate. Um, we defensive rebound, rebounded okay. Um, but we knew that would be a bit of an adjustment for us because we got a smaller team this year because we were playing with more space. And we're trying to, you know, add more shooting with Patterson, et cetera. Um, and we were a little bit on the boards, but we were, we were good enough. Um, uh, we got better in the deep paint, um, but that's a universal approach. Now, I also think that speaks to the continuity, which is uh, if we're able to, and this is without Dre, but, like, if we're able to bring the same group back, that's where role definition, uh, the anticipation, like, especially with all the switching schemes, that we're using, uh, that Billy likes to use, that's that's. There's a rhythm to that, and there's a um, uh, a repetition to that that I do think can get better. If you look at the best teams um, defensively, a lot of them do have a lot of continuity, uh, and there's a cerebral nature to defense as much as there is to offense. And I think that uniformly that could be that could be better. I I don't disagree. A lot of teams would be happy. To be in the top ten defensively, we would like to be better than us. We'd like to be in the top five if we could, um, and that's what we're going to try to focus on. And with the rest of the team getting better on defense, there is some high hope that if everybody comes back, that the Thunder are going to not only be better than one and done in the playoffs, but may actually compete for a championship. And you could hear that in Andre Robertson's voice. When he was asked about everybody coming back, uh, definitely, man. Um, <laughs> it was crazy potential there. Um, you know, I think we kind of finally, you know, started to figure it out, figure out how to play off each other, and you know, uh, you know, things were clicking, and you know, the unfortunate thing happened. But um, you know, I feel like you know, guys did a great job throughout the year. You know, picking up slack and kind of growing as a team, and, um, to kind of you know get it to, get it together. Um, I think. We all kind of see what kind of, you know, things we need to put forward to kind of get better in that aspect uh, when somebody does go down, not just me in particular, but, you know, the game of injuries, you know, never know uh, when somebody goes down. Hopefully it's not for a long period of time, but, um, you know, game or two, we got to figure out, you know, how to pick up, you know, this area where we need to be clean or, you know, just stuff like that. So um, it's definitely a great learning experience. Mm-hmm. As you look at this team as a whole, particularly defensively, what are maybe some of the specific things you guys will have to, heading into next season, be really, really good at and really kind of tighten together on the defensive end in order to be successful? Oh, we got to be committed. You know, um, every game, uh, every quarter, you know, things might change. You know, schemes might change, um, how we guard a certain player. Uh, we just got to stay committed to it, even if they score once and, you know, you feel bad. You just, you know, trust and believe in the system, and uh, we'll be all right. Um, you know, for for the most part, I think our, our guys did that. Um, and it's just, you know, 
It's just hard when you know on the defense end when, when your top guys goes out. Um, trying to say that as humbly as possible, but um, you know just the burden. Well, not the burden, but like you know the the impact. You know, and the slack that some of the guys have to pick up in order to you know keep it going. Um, it's just I don't know. It's recognizable, I guess you could say. So I don't know. We just gotta get better with that and you know, keep moving forward. I think we did a great job this year. Um, we were top what top five for quite a, quite some time there and um, slipped up a little bit during the break and, you know, jumped back up there. So it was good. We talk a lot about Sam Presti's recruiting pitch to Paul George and just how big a deal that, that is to Sam Presti to keep reiterating that, that the lines of communication have been open with Paul George, with his agent throughout the entire season, and they're going to continue to be open. And just, just the constant sell job that's going on there with Sam Presti. And, and and I haven't heard Sam Presti this excited about a team since Kevin Durant was with Oklahoma City. And you knew he and Russell were going to be back for the following year with Surge. That, 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 that is how excited Presti and everybody else in the organization is. And you can hear it here when Presti's talking about Paul George coming back into the fold and being with all these other guys who are in their pride. I guess the last thing I'd add, um, just with respect to um, you know next season and, and, and the way we feel about that, um, you know the opportunity to potentially have uh, Westbrook, Paul George, and Stephen Adams, all three of those players in their prime years with playoff experience, and the fit of those guys both. Um, as competitors, but also as players, is extremely, extremely exciting for us. Um, that's that's what I think every team in the league is working towards: is to find players, uh, two-way players that have size for their positions, um, and that uh, have accumulated postseason experience and that are in their prime. So that's that's number one. That that for us is an extraordinarily unique opportunity, uh, especially coming off of you know where we've been. Uh, I also think that we look at the team and we see, you know, the addition of Andre. Uh, we're not imagining or uh, creating in our mind what the team might look like with Dre. Um, we, we know what that looks like. Uh, we know the impact that he's had. We have uh, a decent amount of data that tells us that, both from our eyes and also, you know, uh, objectively. And we're excited about that. I also think there's a lot of room and growth for Abrinas. Uh, where there's a lot of room and growth for Patterson. I think he's a guy that we can certainly um, get more from, and, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's something we have to look to uh, going forward. Uh, and then Ferguson, I think, showed us some glimpses, and we think he's a really nice young player and the type of player that over time we've had success developing. Jeremy Grant, you guys will be you know asking me about him, but we, we take a lot of pride in his development, the fact that when we got him from Philadelphia, he wasn't playing. Uh, and Jeremy's such a great kid, the way he put the work in and, um, you know, he's progressed a little bit uh, at a time. And now he's become a, a pretty effective backup five for us um, with some unique skills. So really excited if we're able to bring him back to the team. Um, but the continuity of the team is probably going to be our best friend, given the fact that historically these teams, um, you know, generally in year one are, if you're fortunate, they're pretty good. I... I'm just going to say, I think there is enough out there 
to buy into the fact that, that, that Paul George is gone. Sam Presti says we need to hear from Paul George. We need to hear from his agent. We need to let the process play out. All that's fine and well. But probably because Kevin Durant's gone, I'm not getting my hopes up that Paul George is going to be back here in Oklahoma City. I really hope he is. I just don't... I don't want to give you false hope where it's not there. I don't want to sit here and say on this podcast, oh yeah, don't believe the national media. Paul George is definitely coming back to Oklahoma City. I have no knowledge of that. And I just think that with all the reports that are out there, I don't think people are lying to you. It may not ultimately be true. What they're hearing may be false information not to tip people off, but I just get the feeling Paul's gone. And maybe that's why we saw Sam gush as much about one player as he did about PG during his time at the podium. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in segment number three, it's our week in review or the exit interviews in review. It's all right here on Locked on Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The exit interviews were extremely telling this week. More telling than at any time I can remember with the Oklahoma City Thunder. We gave a lot of praise to Carmelo Anthony for sharing his honesty, and he got some criticism as well for saying exactly what was on his mind. But he wasn't the only one that spoke exactly what was on his mind. Here is Russell Westbrook talking about being on the sidelines or being out of the playoffs for another year and then fatherhood. No, I don't like breaks. I like to play. (laughs) I like to play, man. Break to you, break another time. I had a break last summer. Now I got another one. I'd rather not have breaks. So how difficult is it for you, for you in the off season when, when when you end this early? How restless do you get during this time? Well, I don't I don't mind resting. Resting is uh, great for me, um, but I, I'd rather not rest this long. Anyone else for Russell? That was for, uh, first year being a dad. The best thing of my life, um, you know. Obviously, it's tough for me, especially man, because when I have my son, you, you get a chance to you get all summer, and then you know I got used to that. And then when the season comes, I got all this traveling and going back and forth, playing and missing some times. Um, but you know, obviously now I get a chance to to, to, to make up some time. But um, it's definitely something that uh, I cherish and uh, enjoy more than anything. Honest, uh, and for Russ, he does gives he does give us sometimes those little glimpses into his life. Not always, but some. And when Russ gives you that, the best thing to do is just take advantage of it and live in the moment. And I think that's exactly what we were doing as Russell Westbrook was speaking this past Saturday. Now, for Paul George, Paul George is doing his best to 
be a PR guy right now. And one of the best PR moves that Paul George gave us was telling us that the Thunder certainly fit all the criteria he needed in order for him to choose to stay in Oklahoma City. Paul, when the Thunder traded for you last summer, it was kind of an open-ended thing. Didn't know if they were going to have me for a year, what it might turn out to be. But to hear you kind of talk about the organization last night, you said you want to be a Thunder player. Did, are you kind of, did you expect to kind of have the Thunder in the conversation when that deal went down? Did you expect to be thinking, sitting here thinking, like, I might actually stay there? Um, yeah, you know, it, I, it was, it's tough, you know, it's tough. Uh, I haven't, I haven't been in a position to be a free agent or, or know what that is like. Um, and then to have the, the, the chance to go where you want to go, um, that's always been, um, like, I, I feel with players, you know, they, they want that option. Um, but then you, you get into an organization where, they kind of check the boxes on, on all the things that you, you want out of an organization. Um, and then immediately they become a candidate to where you want to play long term. So, um, you know, that, that's, that was the case. That's been the case here. Um, they, they, they honestly checked the boxes where I needed those boxes to be checked uh, from, from what a player wants and, and needs out of a front office, um, out of medical group. Um, out of teammates, out of coaching staff. I mean, um, honestly, they, they, they I can't say it, say it any more than that. They checked the boxes on what needed to be checked. Hearing is one thing, seeing is believing. When I see Paul George stay in Oklahoma City and sign a contract, be it a one-and-one or a long-term deal with Oklahoma City, then I will actually believe that he is going to be here. But fool me once, shame on me a.k.a. Kevin Durant, uh, fool me twice, shame on you. And I, I, I am not going to be fooled twice. As George W. Bush said, you, you, can't, you can't fool me again. Well, actually, you could fool me again. I, I'm just very hesitant to stick my foot in, in that pool that, uh, that Paul George and maybe his team are throwing out there now. But one guy I love and will always love, and I hope he's back, although I would say after Sam Presti's exit interview and certainly after his exit interview, it looks like we are hitting towards separation. And I guess if the Thunder want to pay $20 million to $28 million to separate with Carmelo Anthony, they will do that. But Carmelo Anthony's definitely a guy who's dealing with limitations and not handling it well. All year, the Thunder, Billy, players around um, the team talk about how much you sacrifice. And um, I guess it's kind of two parts. Uh, going into next year, with all the sacrifices you've made, are, are you willing to, if they come to you, say, like, sacrifice the, the salary you're making, you know, maybe restructure what you're doing and spread it out over a certain amount of years, or are you willing to sacrifice um, playing time and uh, or even a possible bench role? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sacrificing no bench role, so you can – that's out the question. Uh, as far as sacrificing uh, – you know, I don't even like to talk about finance. You know, finances and the, the, the economics of the game of basketball. When that time come, that time will come. Like, if and when, you know, we we, we have to sit down and, and talk about what's the future and you know ideas and situations. And that 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 time will come. I honestly don't. I don't even feel comfortable sitting here talking about money when it, money in, in, in basketball and. 
because at the end of the day, yeah, we 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 all we all play and we in this this game to take care of our family and make money and make the most money that you could possibly make. But it's it's that's already done. Those contracts are already guaranteed. Like that's that's going to happen. Uh, I think for me, my focus would be on kind of figuring out what I want and, and, and out of out of out of the rest of my career. Uh, what I want in in in, 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 in my future, uh, what am I willing to accept, and, and if I'm if I'm willing to accept that at all, uh, I think everybody knows that I've sacrificed uh, kind of damn near everything, uh, family, you know, moving here by myself, uh, sacrifice. Uh, my game for the sake of the team uh, and was willing to sacrifice any and everything in order for this situation to work out uh, so it's something I really have to think about if you know if, if I really want to uh, be this type of player and finish out my career as this type of player uh, knowing that I have so much left in, 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 in the tank, and I bring so much to the game of basketball. Uh, and 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 if and how long I want to continue to do this, it's, I think that's 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 also a, a thought process as well. I don't blame Carmelo Anthony for feeling the way that he does, and I understand you don't want to just be a bipartisan guy. And I think Carmelo Anthony looks at all the dudes that chased rings, Carmelo. Gary Payton, I'm sure, I'm sure you can you can think of others. Those are the first guys that came to my Ray Allen. Ray Allen was one of them when he left Boston to to go to Miami and did it via free agency. I think Carmelo Anthony looks at all those guys, and whether he's saying it or not, he sort of sees them as sad. And and, and I do too. I, I see the chasing of rings as a sad thing. And Carmelo Anthony doesn't want to be thought of as a guy that just had to go chase rings and get it on the coattails of someone else. He's got a lot of pride in that. And for that, Carmelo Anthony shouldn't be criticized. There's nothing wrong with having higher expectations of yourself and wanting to meet those expectations. It's just a shame that what Carmelo Anthony wants for his career and what the Thunder see him as isn't something that's probably going to come together and work for both parties. That wraps up today's Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. I thank you so much for joining me this week. Remember, all all the past Locked on Thunder podcasts are archived at LockedOnThunder.com. You can even get them at LockedOnSports.com. And until next week, this is Eric G. saying, ELE, everybody love everyone, courtesy of Jackie Moon, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.